Hey guys, so I had an interview lined up, but the guest had internet and power issues and had to drop out. So this was a recorded Twitter space. It starts off a little slow as, as I was waiting for people to join in, but it turned out awesome. We talked about healthy chicken, chicken flocks, grifters, fake Instagram homesteaders, how chickens are the gateway to being anti-political, content creation, using salvage materials for projects, and so much more. It was a lot of fun. Going to have to do it again. Hope you enjoy it. How's it going? Good. Just uh, kind of a slow day today. <clears throat> slow in what regard? Uh, well, it just like we just did. It, it was like 105 degrees over here, so we didn't do much. Like we went to a like a, a library event, and then uh, we came home and tried to clean up my tile. I realized tile cleaners are a joke, <laughs> and they are a waste of money. <laughs> Uh, you mean just like clean the grout and yeah, stuff? Like, well, this is, it's like a, it looks like a vacuum, but it cleans tile. Like it has like, like scrub brushes on the bottom, but my huh. tile is, is kind of like a textured and it doesn't get everything. So sure. I have to like actually use a toothbrush, you know, do the old fashioned way. <clears throat> oh, wow. Yeah. That's <laughs> um... interesting over on, on this side. <laughs> Man, 105. Oh, yeah, because that's right. You're in Texas. That's right. Yeah. I think we hit 100 today, so that's something. It seems like everywhere is, is just, like, everyone has a heat wave somewhere. That's true, yeah. The worldwide heat wave that proves climate change. Yeah, everyone's in the red, like, on the new the new meteorologist, like, maps. Is, we should be, right. I guess, in hell now. <laughs> right. Right. How's that uh, gateway to hell or whatever over in like the Middle East doing? Is that still, is that, is that getting bigger or is that what's causing uh, the temperatures worldwide to speak like peak or? Who knows at this point? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so how's, uh, how, how are your, how are your kiddos doing? Ah, uh, they're good. They had, they had fun at a little. Um, it was a library event, and you know there was crafts and all all kinds of things they could do and meet new kids. And then that was over, <clears throat> and we just kind of came home. And they've been, they like to play cards. Like they play war with. Uh, they've been really getting into doing card games, and I try to keep them off the TV during the day when I'm trying to be busy. Sure. Uh, with things because I I don't want them. To, I don't want that as as a babysitter, you know. Yeah. Just so get some housework done. I'd rather them do something else. So. Every chance I get, I try to drag. Uh, oh, am I speaking? Here we go. I yeah. Didn't know can... if, okay. My the, the little purple dots like weren't showing up. Um. Yeah. Any any chance I get when it's not, you know, you're gonna die outside. I I tried to drag Milo outside with me, even if he's this, and to give him like busy work to do, like, oh hey, can you grab that tool for me? And like, oh, what color? Like, can you count all these rocks? And you know, uh, just so he has something to do out there instead of just like standing around and just like stands at the door and just starts uh, walking, like walking inside or just Yeah. yeah, just like hey. Stay, stay out here, please. Stay out here, please. Yeah. 
Well, even, even my little girl, my, my youngest daughter, she said she was watching me scrub the tile with a toothbrush. And she's like, hey, mom, can I do that too? I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Toothbrush, and we were trying to clean up the tile because it was really bad. But no, it's fun to like incorporate them with, you know, some sort of work you know, farm work, whatever. Cause then they'll, they'll start enjoying it too, you know, cause they, em- they emulate what they, what their parents do. So. Yeah. Oh, I was trying to remember what it was the other day um, that, that he was mimicking me about. So at the, at the Ronald McDonald house, they have like some yard games out back. And one of them is it's supposed to be like yard Jenga with two by fours. Right. Well, we don't, we don't, um, play Jenga he doesn't get it he just wants to knock it over which is fine so like we build like a tower and just go like make it as tall as possible and after like he gets bored of that after five minutes uh we go to like put it away and it's like you you have to put it away in like neatly otherwise it just doesn't fit and so he was just throwing at first he was just throwing the blocks in there and then I was like just correcting it and not saying anything just like okay just whatever and then he, he must he Definitely picked up on me putting it in neatly and I didn't even ask him and he started doing it neatly. And I was like, yes, he's, he gets it. You know, just those, just those little moments, you know? Yeah. How's your, um, how's your daughter in the NICU? So she had, um, she had like surgery on Tuesday. So here's, here's how this went. Uh, the doctor's, and also, thank you for asking, because um, I keep t- saying that we're going to do an episode and we just haven't had time to do an episode about the whole thing. Uh, it feels just like it's been like a year long already. <laughs> but anyway, so over the weekend, like, yep, yeah, we're going to the nurses are like, yep, yeah, we're going to talk to the doctors on Monday. See if they want to do a um, see if they, we, need, we should bring in the ENT to assess Come Monday morning, doctors are like, yep, uh, let's bring in the ENT. ENT gets there on, like, Monday evening. Like, I'm back uh, I'm back at home because, like, so we've been staying the weekends, Milo and I, at um, at the Ronald McDonald house. And I get a call at, like, from my wife at, like, 9 o'clock or something like that. She's like, uh, so the ENT came, and uh, she has surgery tomorrow at, at 4 p.m. I'm like, oh that's fast. Cause we were initially told like, Oh yeah, it might be like Thursday at the earliest. I'm like, okay, Thursday's good. Thursday's good. Um, and, but it was just like so sudden. And so, and I haven't even at that time, I hadn't even called my parents to say, Hey, Lila's going to be having surgery at the end of this week. Um, and so I had to be like, okay, I have news and it's not bad. It's just sudden. So, uh, th- so surgery went well she was in and out in like 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. So, um, there's the, the, the little flap that covers your, uh, airway is called your epiglottis. Yeah. And it's supposed to be relatively flat. Well, hers is very, uh, curved and there's these little bands that go across the epiglottis. Keep tension on it. That's why it's so curved. Well, they go in through the, like down her throat, um, with a little laser and cut those bands. And, um, you should see, ideally you 
see immediate, like a relaxing of that epiglottis mm-hmm. and, and which it did that happened. And it just, sometimes kids can like start drinking more from the bottle, um, like that evening. So it might take a couple of days. Um, and so when, when she finally came out of her like near coma, I mean, she was just like knocked out from the, um, anesthesia took her, took her a while to, to wake up, but her, she had like a little strider. If you know what that is, it's like a little, like, it's not wheezing when you breathe. It's like, just like a little, like, Mm-hmm. kind of like so now she's making like regular baby noises uh when she breathes no like weird noises so that was like immediately fixed so that was cool and she did pretty well yesterday and today on one or two bottle feedings i think it was kitty kitty had told me um and so things are looking up but we still don't know when, when we're going home. Mm-hmm. They haven't given you like a, like a, a set day, you know, it's, it's just kind of up in the air. No, no, yeah. just, uh, just up in the air. I mean, we're all waiting on her to see, <laughs> see how she's going to do with all this. So that's just how, and that's just NICU in general. It's really, really hard. Cause you, even even without surgery, like you feel like your your kid is, they're making progress, and then maybe they'll take two steps back the next day, and right. so it can be kind of discouraging. But yeah, it's it's all in their their time, and then when they're fully healed and they're ready, um, you know, it sucks because I remember those days of having to leave your kid at the hospital, and you feel that guilt, and you think that you may you, that it was your responsibility that you, you know, whatever the reason why they're in there, regardless, even if it wasn't your fault. Um, so it's just, you, in that, in that sense with, with Nikki parents, when they actually understand it or people on the outside, they don't know is it's hard. It's a really hard journey to be in there, whether it doesn't matter if you're in there for two days or even two weeks, it still takes a toll on, you know, the parents, um, tremendously. Yeah, we're hope, we're pretty fried. Soon, um, and glad that surgery went well. Yes, yes, thank she's you. She's not very. How old is your How old is your daughter? She's not she's very old. Five weeks now. Yeah, that's. Whew, I would I would be. Not in a good. Uh, <laughs> I would. I mean, my I had my son. He had surgery, and when he was like a year and a half old, he had like a staff that built up in his neck. Ooh. And it looked, it looked like, you know, it was like really swollen. And it was one of those, like you said, you, you didn't have time to like tell anybody. You just had to, you know, um, you know, they had to go to surgery right away and you didn't have a lot of time to like tell a lot of people, mm-hmm. but cause it, you're just, your emotions are going a mile a minute, you know, your, and your thoughts. So they, we had to take him in and they said, oh yeah, he's going to have to have surgery a year and a half old. And they had to drain like all the infection. Holy I don't know how smokes. he got it. I don't know how he got it. And and it was it was pretty quick, about forty five minutes, like your daughter. But man, it was like the worst forty five minutes of my life. You know, having to sit there and wait for that doctor to come out. Sure. Um, and then he was he was okay. Now he's six years old and has a tiny little. You can barely see that scar on his neck. I mean, this doctor was just like incredible. 
Um, so yeah, I'll be praying for for your family and hope she gets out of there soon. And thank you. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's um, I I feel so so bad for Katie because it's like her entire life is this right now. Uh, Ronald McDonald House Hospital, you know, pumping, trying to breastfeed. Are we going to try bottle feeding right now? Uh, you know, what's, what's, what's new with Lila? Um, and whereas I'm, you know, I'm going to work. I'm doing this. I'm playing with Milo. I'm, you know, working on like other stuff around the house. Like I have like all these other things. And like, she's like, well, you know, it's tough for you too. I'm like, yeah, I'm actually like dealing with this. Well, is that I do have the variety. I, I'm not stuck at the hospital or the Ronald McDonald house. Like, yes, I have all these other things that I'm trying to like take care of, like in addition to, but, um, I, 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 I deal better with the variety, even if it like wears me thin. Yeah, no, I totally know what you mean. Um, you know, like I said, it's, it's a journey and you, you both, you both have your, what you have to do right now for the best of your family. And it sucks right now, but once you get out, you'll be able to look back and say, you know, Hey, we did it. We got out of there and, you know, we're all home together as a family and, that 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 will be in the past like you know you don't have to worry about that anymore and yeah it sucks like just having to do the pumping and the you know staying there and and all that but you know <clears throat> it'll turn out um okay in the in the in the end i believe so yes thank you like there we we do have that much going for for us that uh the overall outlook is positive uh, there, it's just a lot of little steps to get there. It's not, it's yeah. not like, uh, Ooh, like, is she going to make it? Is she not like, it's not, it's not that kind of situation. Um, I'd be in a very much diff, like very different place if it was. Right. So, um, what, uh, man, I can't, I'm trying to remember. Was our interview like, two almost two weeks ago about a week and a half ago yeah i think it was a week and a half ago what uh what have you been up to since then uh not much just being being at home and trying to keep it together and keep things like nice and neat and i mean not much really kind of not i wouldn't say boring (laughs) I, i like being at home but we just we haven't really really done anything. Probably before we we start school, we'll, we'll take the kids on a little trip because uh, they need they haven't really gone anywhere like a trip like as a family mm-hmm. with my husband for like I don't know, two years. Whoa. We used to go every year, but then COVID hit and you know we just we never went back. We like we like to go to the beach in South Texas, but <clears throat> so we just kind of like stuck around home and you know, taking care of the house and the chickens and all that. So my, my sister-in-law gave up her entire flock. And so I have three of her hens, which are great. Cause they're all lame. Um, and it's been, it's been, I feel bad for these poor hens because the, the rooster that my sister-in-law owned 
just tore them apart. Oh, no. Like their whole back. Like, I, I feel like I felt ter- terrible when I, when I got them, I just felt so sad because their whole back is bald. And so I'm hoping that they can grow their feathers back, um, you know, with time. And maybe there, maybe I can give them some sort of supplement to help that process. But I mean, this rooster like messed them up. What, what kind of rooster was it? It was a Brahma. Okay. Yeah. It's like a, he's huge. He was like this tall black and white Brahma. I've had a lot of trouble with the Americana or Easter egg roosters. They're just so aggressive. They'll, they've oh. killed, they killed one of our hens. Dang. Um, but, I, but they make, the, the, you might, you might, if you're, if they're really hurting, but you might, there's this, there's uh there's some people that make, you can make them too, but they're like these little saddle type, this covering for your cloth covering for their back that might, might help them. Hmm. Yeah. Depending on how bad they are. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, a few feathers missing. I don't worry about it too much, but I've had one that, like I said, they they killed her, just kept just kept attacking her, and it's like mm-hmm. it's horrible. Holy smokes! I was gonna ask, um, what's your hen to rooster ratio? Yeah, mine. Yes. Oh, I don't have roosters. Oh, you're no, saying this I, was from uh, right from yeah, your yeah, sister? No, my got it. Yeah, my sister-in-law, she had she had 17 hens and I think two roosters. And so she just, it wasn't very long ago. She said, oh, yeah, I'm getting rid of my entire flock. Here's three. You can pick out whichever ones you want. Um, and I guess the rest of them are going to go to a farmer. Who knows? I'm sure the roosters will be butchered unless he uses them to breed. But um, so, like so, our. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, go ahead. I was, I was just going to say, I think, I mean, I keep. I keep uh, about one to fifteen in one in one of our coops, and one to six in the other. But I keep I keep a rooster for predator protection, and so that the eggs are fertilized, so we can incubate if we want to. Um, but you know, it, it, I think having two sometimes is worse because there's usually one or two. You know, there's usually a hen that's a little slower than the others, and they and they can't get away, and that both roosters will end up trying to mate, mate with her. Oh, repeatedly, you know, mm. um, and so I've found when I when I keep one rooster, not two, it, it really reduces the problems with that. Just an idea. I mean, I don't know for sure. I don't have any studies to show, prove it or anything, but that's my experience. Sure. Um, man. So I that that brings up a question. Uh, I don't. I, I do. You, are you supposed to candle your eggs if you? If you're trying to sell them, how do you candle eggs? Because I looked it up and um, it's like, oh, you know, this is where the, I don't know. Can someone. State, state of South Carolina. State of South Carolina requires you to candle the eggs. That's part of having an egg license for anything you're selling off farm. So for us, we have to candle them. We have a, a little light we got from Premier One that we use for that. And you have to check to make sure there's no discoloration or stains or anything like that shell or interior to the egg like blood spots or whatever and you have to check the size of the air bubble and the air bubble size actually determines the grade so if you want to sell grade a eggs then you have to measure that um you can you get you you learn to eyeball it but you basically have to measure that to make sure that it's not too big that's what Mm, determines the grade of the eggs egg candler 
Oh, you can I- use a flash. You can use a flashlight or a candle. I mean, you know, whatever. A source of light, basically. I've used a. I've used a flashlight before, and it didn't look any different. Like I checked a bunch of them, and it didn't look look that weird. Okay, I see kind of like pictures where it looks like a. Oh man, I don't even know how to describe this. It looks. It definitely doesn't look hot, like empty inside. It looks like there's like something like a side by side comparison. There's something in this egg. Like it'd be pretty obvious to tell. Yeah. Okay. How soon will like basically the embryo show up in an egg? Um, I I can't answer that question. I don't know that. But I mean, what the, heck? the incubation period is like about four weeks. Uh, no, for twenty is twenty one or twenty two days. So you would see it fairly soon, within probably about a week. Most of ours, if we're taking them to market, they're they're eaten within a within a week or sold within a week. And part of the process for getting them prepared for the for the market, we candle them. We have to clean them and sanitize them and refrigerate them, and that'll pretty much stop the process. So, okay. I don't know what happened to Cheetah. Um. Okay. I hope okay. I didn't. Mans- I hope I didn't mansplain too much. <laughs> you explained it to another man. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> I because I'm. So I'm, I'm sorry I, I didn't join in the conversation on your kid. I, I really feel for you, man. I, I don't have anything to compare with your Niku experiences. I, I, I had two kids have surgery when they were like three or four, but man, I can't imagine that's so fragile, you know. So yeah, it's pretty. Care. It's pretty scary. Um, I don't. I don't like. I figured uh, you were just listening and enjoying the what was being said, and. Um, yeah, not not everyone needs to have a comment or uh, an opinion if they don't feel like sharing it too. But I appreciate uh, your thoughts and prayers, man. Yeah, uh, it looks like she's back, but there's a listener only, uh, I guess. Slow, slow cheetah, right? Slow cheetah. Yep, I think I invited to speak. I think I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, um. Okay, I tried to put that apron up there for you in the top of the nest. It, it might have not come out right. The link looks a little screwy. But that's what he was talking about with a chicken apron. Uh, yeah, you're talking uh, starts ah, changing yes. fairly soon, like a seven-day period or so. Hey, uh, Long, can you close your mic out? Oh, much thank better. you so much, bro. Yeah. Uh, and then so, and, yeah, you're looking at about a, a three to seven. It doesn't really take long at all. Uh, man, that candle stuff. We have to do that if it gets over like 30 dozen uh, or something like that. My, my wife looked up the law. It's something about like 30 dozen in a week or some crap, you know, so we don't really go through nothing. Besides, I give my eggs away, at least for now. Uh, but, yeah, no, it's it's fun. I'm sorry you was having an abusive rooster, I heard, uh, coming in there. He's right about the egg. I mean, not the egg, the hen to rooster ratio. If you got an abusive rooster, you're probably going to want about seven hens. And uh, if he's picking on one in particular, watch and see if the hens don't pick on that one in particular, too. It actually might be something wrong with the chicken. And I don't mean to be rude to the chicken, but it just might be a possibility. Mm. Yeah, I agree with that, because once once uh, they kind of smell blood, they they go after them, man. They really they're brutal. They're, they're like, they're yeah, they, they tried to kill my retarded chicken. 
<laughs> That's sad. But yeah, I got a retarded chicken that had seizures and she'd walk like backwards all the time. And sometimes she'd just like freeze up and fall over. It was the weirdest thing. It was like one of those goats that if you scare them, they'll just fall over. The chicken did the same thing. It would just stop and just flop, flop over, dude. It was so wild. But I had to separate it because they really were going to kill it. But she has a real nice home up front. She can't fly because she's a frizzle. So she just stumbles around the front yard and falls over sometimes. She don't bother nothing. Do you have um, like video of this happening? That seems insane. Oh, like video? Oh, I don't know. I've got a few pictures of Gertrude. I suppose I could videotape it or something and show everybody one day. Uh, but that's That'd Gertrude hilarious. Chicken. She's like, yeah, she's my Frankenstein kind of fucked up looking chicken. Just to be honest with you, she's like not that pretty. <laughs> she's like that ugly dog that you just want to keep and love. It's like, you know. Sure, sure. Or like a like a hairless cat. Right, exactly. It's like it's so ugly. It's adorable. It's like you know you don't know what to do. You feel bad for it because it's like the weakest, smallest little chicken. You know. Right, right. Um, I mean, when you're doing uh, one coming on that, when you're doing stuff, you're trying to do it at a commercial level, even small scale. You don't have. You don't have. You know. I mean the the little ones and you don't the, have the luxury. They're they're out. You got no time for that. Yeah. No, I know, I know, and I'm not supposed to, and I get that. And she does get <laughs> special treatment. Like literally, she's the first thing I, I hit in the morning when I come outside is I open up her cage and feed her first, and I'm like, "Hi, Gertrude." So she gets special treatment, but uh, it is kind of a waste of time. And you know what it is, dude? I was so close. I debated. I sat there for about. 20 minutes one time after she had a seizure and I was thinking, man, should I just go ahead and take her out? You know? And like, I, I started, I changed her diet up and I gave her a couple of herb kind of tonics. And, and I, I started adding some, um, uh, uh, some different things to, to her, her water on a more regular basis. And, and I'm beginning to think that it was a parasite because when I, I did the diatomaceous for like 10 days. I did some apple cider vinegar. I really treated up her water real well and uh, gave her some moringa leaves. So it's a, a multitude of vitamins and, and she got her color back and she quit having seizures. So I honestly, I think she had a parasite infection. Mm. And you think that messed with her brain too? Like her neurological? Yeah, whatever? absolutely. Yeah. I sure do. Yeah, I do. Uh, she still falls over sometimes, but she doesn't walk backwards anymore, and she doesn't have seizures anymore. Huh? What? Well, that, that, all the fun just went out with uh, went out with that. <laughs> it's still funny to watch her fall over, though. It's, she's an adorable yeah, little sure. ugly chicken. What's uh, what's your setup like, Chicken Whisperer? Uh, how many how many hens and roosters you got, and what other um, what other livestock do you have? Oh, I've got a uh, majority chickens. I've got some ducks, but never no more. After these ducks go, bye-bye ducks. Ducks are like poop monsters and like they're party animals. They'll be like nine in the morning or nine o'clock at night, you know, and you're like, what's wrong, duck? And you can't figure it out. So you got to give them some food to shut them up. I think it's an extortion racket, honestly. So like the ducks, <laughs> you know, they're a little extra. And the quail were stupid, so I let the quail go. I didn't like the quail. Sometimes if they got too startled by the dogs, they would literally jump up and, like, break their own necks. And if one of them got hurt, they would cannibalize each other. So after, like, 30 quail, I was done with that. 
Oh, and uh, so now it's mostly chickens. Uh, I got a lot of chickens. I got like, uh, I got two, well, I got one very large place in my back and they have like a quarter of my yard to free range in, in a very large coop. And that's two boys. And they have 14 uh, females at the time between them. I have one rooster up front and one quarter of my yard up front yard. He's got his own nice coop and a run and he's got five girls. And then Gertrude's got her own place and she goes in between the garden and the front walk. And so she's just kind of got her own little area. Nobody bothers her. Nobody's allowed by her. Uh, and then up in my very front next to my driveway, I got one called Fluffy Butt and he's only got two chicks uh, right now, but I've got some growing. I've got nine coming up and I don't know what they are. So they're going to be freezers or friends. I don't really know yet, but we're going to find out. Nice. Uh, it's kind of funny that you, you mentioned that you just don't like ducks. I don't know what it is about ducks that's so polarizing. I've never owned ducks, um, but people either love having their ducks and they like would rather uh, kill, like run over like a thousand chickens with like a truck in order to have like three ducks versus people that are just like, I've never want another duck, like F ducks. You know what I mean? Well, it's so weird. Uh, yeah, man, they'll they'll destroy the water, dude, and their poop is only so useful because it's it. runny and shit, and you need real poop. I get it. Yeah, I don't mind the ducks. I mean, we we, we free ranged them for over a year and a half, and they did great. But then we had a lot of predation this year, so we've pinned them up, and and I'm really not happy with that because I don't like that life for them. Uh, so I'm, I got some livestock guardian dogs. I'm trying to get them trained up so that we can we can let them range again. So that, that's, uh, we'll see if I can't solve that problem, then I'll have to let them go too. Cause I can't, I can't justify, you know, ethically treating them that way, but I, I don't mind them at all. But they're fine for me. Do you use them as layers there long? Yeah, we sell duck eggs. Um, no, we don't sell a lot of them. We do, we do carry them uh, as a product and, um, we've killed some for, for meat. Um, but, you know, you have to time that really right. And yeah. And, you know, one of the problems I have having a, a pretty, uh, a, my, my off, off farm job makes it hard to time stuff precisely. So it's that, that's, that's kind of hard to do for me. And right now I'm just kind of letting that go right now. Right. Whatever happened to, uh, you were going to do like some video stuff or was that just an idea and you're like, nah, I don't have time. Oh, about the processing stuff. Uh, I can't remember specifically what it was, but you were like asking people about like, uh, you know, Hey, is it the content or is it the pot? Like the display of the content that's more important. Well, I, I had a video, some stuff, but I always get stuff. I forget about it. Um, but I, I'll, I'll try, I'll try to remember that. I've got uh, stuff we did over the, like this, this week I did, I worked on some solar stuff and, you know, I got little things like that we're doing that are pretty cool. I probably should show people what we're doing, but I, I always forget in the moment. Dude, I know exactly what you mean. Like it, it takes like some remembering to like take out your phone or like a GoPro and like record a thing. Um, it's just like a whole different mindset that you have to teach yourself if you're going to go that route. Like um, just kind of, finding finding stuff to record you know when you're trying to be like you know to be honest you know 
to create content. Uh, Ginger's in here. So, I mean, she creates content. Um, I should, I should, I'm going to, I'm going to invite her to speak here. Um, I mean, you just like pull out your phone and do like a quick little video. Like I pulled back the soil on uh, one of my, like the top layer of soil on my, one of my raised beds uh, this morning. Cause I'm like, I got this stuff in here and I think I know what it is, but I want someone else to tell me what it is. Uh, just like little pieces of content like that. Uh, yesterday I had a whole cabbage that I didn't eat. I took it out of the, I took it out of the fridge and like put a steak through it and set up the GoPro and I, got to review like the time-lapse like video of that just to see if it's even worth posting. Um, like little, little things, little things like that. Just got to remember to hit the record button sometimes. I was going to say, Hey, chicken whisperer. Yo, I was going to say, I liked your background and your Twitter profile. <laughs> Oh, yes. thank you. I appreciate that. Once I saw a Pepe with chickens, I was like, well, that's me. I'm a Pepe with chickens. I what like seeing all the Pepe memes. What I, I, I've seen Pepe, but what's a what's a Pepe with chickens mean? Look at his go to Chicken Whisperer's profile. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, well, okay, Pepe is um it's a it's a it's a it's an individualist, right? Like Pepe is an individualist and that's what Pepe is all about. They tried to corrupt it and make it into something stupid. And uh, you know, I don't treat it like that. I, I treat Pepe as the ultimate meme rebel, so to speak. Okay. And he's a Pepe with chickens. And so when I seen a Pepe with chickens, I'm like, well, I'm a fucking Pepe with chickens. So that's an instant relationship right there. All right. All right. I can, I can, uh, I can follow that. So like, uh, I wonder if there's like a Pepe like version of like rooftop Koreans or something. There is absolutely Pepe rooftop Koreans. Absolutely. Love it. There's All right. Cute too. There's one where he's like out in the field, like tending his crop. And he has like a little sun hat and the, like, I guess he has like straw in his mouth. Uh, it's super cute. <laughs> yeah, I'm Pepe for life. Because, uh, you know, Great Meme Wars of 2016, you know. Because it started off on 4chan, didn't it? Yeah, it started off of 4chan and then like, uh, you know, how the woke crowd gets like where everything's racist or whatever, phobic and shit. And it's like literally a frog. So like, <laughs> yep. no, you know what I'm saying? So like, no, and I refuse to play that game. So I, I do the frog just to make people's head pop. And it's like, it's one of those thermostats, right? If somebody pops about the frog, you know who they are. Pops about the frog. <laughs> Yeah, I can uh, I can see what you're saying about that. Um, yeah, I just didn't know that there was any any more depth to uh, Pepe other than just being uh, being a frog. I didn't know he was uh, a, a symbol for individualism. Uh, so, also, Chicken Whisperer, where where uh, where are you at? Oh, I'm in Florida right now. Uh, it's the best state like in the nation. So that's where everybody should be. Who loves Liberty anyways? It's too hot. I'm, I'm a baby. It's too humid. You, um, I'm like opposite. 
I'm in Montana. You can you can have Florida. I'll visit, but I'm not going to live there. Oh my God, snow snow is evil in my book. So like <laughs> when I see snow, it's like ah. just freak out. Uh, and it, it's not that bad where I'm at. I get I get very little snow. I, there's a lot of snow on the mountains, and that can stay there. It's it's nice to look at, but I I don't even own a snowblower, none of that. Um, I just I just drive over it with the truck. <laughs> I was almost a decade in Colorado. I had enough snow. I mean, I miss Colorado for the weed, but short of that, I don't miss <laughs> nothing else. Garden of the gods, but that's about it. Um, what's uh, what's what's the weed laws down in uh, down in Florida? I think that they'd be good. Oh, I got my med card. I mean, yeah, um, but they do do it weird. I'm not even gonna fuck around like. Like the flour, you can only get so much flour, but I get like unlimited edibles, oils, wax, concentrates, all of that. I, I got like unlimited on that. But flour, they try to hold, they, they try to kind of hold you down. So it keeps the black market thriving. But I got my license anyway, so I can have weed if I want to. Nice. So uh, you guys still got like a bath salt problem down there, or is that just like uh, every blue moon? Nah, just stupid legislators and monopolized uh, dispensary weed. So, you know, they're just trying to, to make it difficult on people. I think it's going to work itself out. I think it would have worked itself out already if they wasn't having to deal so much with the woke bullshit in the legislative sessions. There's um, there's another guy who, uh, man, there's two. I, I invited him. It's Nate. Ah, crap. I forgot his, uh, what his handle is. He just goes by Nate. Um, and who's the other one? Little Pine Farm. Both of them agree. It's like, man, the the legal market for pot is like, it's super gross. Like you got these big like corporations running these, running these shops and undercutting these mom and pop shops. And it's like, just like anything else, like, you know, the the corporations with dollars just like, taint the whole industry yeah what, what's oh that? yeah is it's that, why i left the industry is, it, what, is that pj or work quote that or, or mark twain or somebody anyway that uh when uh, when legislators uh regulate buying and selling the first thing bought and sold are the legislators yep um i mean that's what's I mean, that's what's happening. These guys, you know, it's funny you hear these people in corporate positions talk about the need to regulate, and it's all about barriers to entry. That's all. That's all they care about. They want to erect barriers to entry so the small people can't get in. I think that's one of the big problems with agriculture well, right now. Did we lose them? Nope. Yeah, it's. Um, no, I hundred percent agree with you. Yeah, they just for they just gotta gotta have their hands in it. Who is who is who said that quote? Uh, long story. Who was that? I can't remember. I can't remember which one it is. I, I know that PJ O'Rourke has something like it, and I think well, I uh, think Starlink is taking a dump. Uh, sorry, guys. No, I can hear him. I can hear uh, him. Ginger, you can hear him. About, I can hear um, him. Pulling out your phone and doing recording. What's uh? You've been. I think you've been a content creator for some time. Uh, and maybe you're listening passively, but um, if you if you are listening, if you've been you've been a uh, no, I'm here. Yeah, you've been <laughs> you've been a content creator for quite some time, uh, I believe. Uh, what's 
how how was it getting started for you? Well, I sort of cheated my way into it. Uh, first of all, before I get into this, I want to say, so I, I logged into this space because I thought, oh, maybe I can get some tips on how to take care of my new chickens. And I got to be honest, I'm deeply pleased to find that this turned into just a whole bastion of liberty lovers instead. That's what we do here. <laughs> I wasn't expecting it, to be honest. A big political discussion. I was just here for the chickens, but damn. Chick- this is even Chickens better. are the gateway to politics or anti-politics. <laughs> uh, you know why? Yes. Because they make it possible to feed yourself without anybody else's help. There you go. Anyway. Okay, no, yeah, so- that is it. Two chickens yeah. for every household is exactly how it should go. I mean, for every individual, actually, two chickens per individual, five chickens for a couple. I believe in that. For Ch- Chicken Whisperer, I love that. I, I, I have this uh, maxim that in my utopia, everyone has two solar panels, two chickens, and two water, two uh, uh, rain barrels. That That's like yeah. required to get in. Yeah, that's it. I mean, you should have that shit, though. I mean, like, really, everybody should we should be excited about that. You should tell your neighbor, hey, listen, I'll help you set up a rainwater catch because we ought to get this water because we need it. It's smart. I don't know. To me, it's just seemed like, you know, duh. I mean, like, why wouldn't you want chickens and vegetables and rainwater and shit like that? Do you see these morons? They can't run their ass a hole in the ground. I don't trust them to do nothing. We need stimulus chickens, not stimulus checks. I'm lucky because I live in Costa Rica. That's the way thing is, things are done here. Just everybody has it, right? Like, that's how life is here. It's been like that forever. So for us to change, we came from Canada to come here, but we came so that we could have this lifestyle. And it's so ridiculously easy because everybody on the block has chickens and rain barrels, right? Like, if I had a question, everybody could answer it. It's, it's, it's a thing down here, so it's super easy. So we got really lucky. God, it's my heaven, dude. You have no idea how good it is. <laughs> but uh, on the question of content creation, yeah, I kind of cheated my way into it, actually, because my husband and I, we did uh, music reactions for a couple of years, and our channel got pretty big. And we, I realized how easy it is to just, I mean, I watch YouTube videos all the time learning i we i do all our car repairs and all our house repairs and and whatnot so whenever i need to know how to do something i go to youtube and then like at some point i thought well why the heck aren't i putting up stuff like this too because i know how to do almost anything right and there's right. lots of people who always ask me well how did you learn how to do that well heck i just went to youtube so i i started just making my own videos and now that we once we moved to Costa Rica, the homesteading videos uh, have become my primary focus because, like, I get questions all the time about our move to Costa Rica, how we've set up the farm, how we're setting up our life to be kind of independent. I mean, the truth is, we moved from Canada almost primarily because we saw some serious, scary changes going on. And we've had discussions like over the last couple of days even about how are we going to set up this farm so that if the very worst happens and we have nothing but the stuff on our own property to eat, what what are we going to focus on? That's how scary sure. our conversations have gotten. So 
I mean, so I get a ton of questions like that because I think there's a lot of other people that are starting to worry about stuff like that. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't want to live in a city right now where you had to rely on, on the distribution chain to get your food. Like I could, we could almost live on our farm right now. I, we, I, we don't have any big animals, but we have yeah. neighbors that have cows and pigs and we can trade meat and stuff. Right. Yeah. I, I, so like, I mean, that was one of the big motivations for me in getting into the farm was, um, you know, self-sufficiency, like radical self-sufficiency. Like we homeschool, we, pro- we mm-hmm. provide for our own health care because we can grow medicinal uh, herbs and things like that. We provide our own food and, you know, et cetera. Like a- anything that we have to buy, like I view that as like a- an area to be focused on for like to eliminate, you know. Yeah. But um, I-, I think one of the things I want to comment on, though, and one of, one of the reasons and, I- and this is going to sound really uh, almost like snobbish about it. But one of the reasons mm-hmm. I didn't want to do a YouTube channel is because I didn't want to go out there and do a YouTube channel that outran what we actually are doing on the farm. You know what I'm saying? And, mm-hmm. and I know that there's other people that start and they're like, Hey, just come with me on our journey. And that's cool. But I'm having a hard time right now with, with YouTube finding stuff that I feel like really teaches me. And it feels like a lot of people, it feels like a grift a lot of times to me. And I, I probably, I'm probably insulting too many people right now, but saying that, but <laughs> me? I get really frustrated. Like I go on there and it's like, do you feel like you're being marketed to? You feel like, you know, someone's there like, just to try to get you to buy the t-shirt or whatever. And I'm just like, I'm not sure I'm into that, you know? So. Yeah, there's a lot of that. And I'll, I'll confess some of my videos aren't overly instructional and then some are right. Like it, it depends on what it is I'm doing. Like I, I, today I built, um, like a, uh, a latent solar water heater, like hot water heater for the roof, not like solar panels or anything, just ambient heat from the sun. Mm-hmm. but uh like i didn't film the one today because we i have to build two for the house but i wanted to get the process because i kind of designed the thing out of my head so i wanted to get the process down and make sure it actually works but then the next the next one i build i'm going to videotape it and it's going to be properly instructional but there's sometimes i'll do videos just for entertaining purposes right like there's a it, there is room for a little bit of both but i do agree that for a lot of the homesteading stuff like the instructional is more important because the truth of the matter is that I'd much rather put together a video that spends 20 minutes explaining everything in really strong detail than the times when I put out a video where it just kind of gives you the snapshots of it. And then I had to spend the next week answering questions in the comments from people who say, well, how'd you do that? And, and what do we do this? And you know what I mean? So I get, I understand what you're saying. And there is a lot of the grift part. But there's balance yeah, that can be had for sure. There's a couple of channels I watched early on when they first started. And it was like, it was fun. Cause like, Hey, they're doing the same things I'm doing. This is really cool. And then as they got bigger and you could tell that they could only afford like, you know, the, the huge greenhouse because they were, they were monetizing the YouTube channel. And it's like, that's not real, man. That's not real anymore. It doesn't resonate anymore for me because you know what I'm, I'm here trying to figure out how to pay for this out of my job. Mm. and uh you know it's just it's a different challenge you know when you start monetizing it if, if that makes sense oh yeah i mean uh well don't get me wrong i'm trying to monetize my channel because it's funding our retirement but a big part of what i've tried to focus my channel on uh, is you know how can i do this with the things i have on hand right like a you know 
reclaiming old wood from the property or yes, the day before yesterday, we have a huge strand of bamboo, right? Chopping it down so I can use it as building material for the, the, the next chicken house, stuff like that. I was wondering right? what you're going to do with that. Oh man, I got to get it down without killing myself first. I got, the, I got the video of the disaster of that coming out soon. So that's one of the things that I'm talking about when I say sometimes it's for entertainment purposes or even just a cautionary tale. As I tried to cut down this bamboo, you guys got to understand, it's at least 50 feet high. The, the, previous <laughs> owner, the previous owner let it go, right? Like he wasn't cutting it down. And the some of the trunks are almost as thick as my waist. And they weigh like three, 300 pounds at least. There's one or two that have to weigh that much. And I'm trying to cut this down with my chainsaw. I've cut down plenty of trees, like ac- proper trees, no problem. I've never cut bamboo before. It's a whole other animal. I nearly killed myself. <laughs> and I was going to say. My chainsaw. It was a disaster, but I filmed it and I'm going to put it up because it's a, it's a lesson in, you know, sometimes you got to be careful what you take on, right? You, I think I know bamboo because I've cut down trees, but as it turns out, I, I don't know shit all about bamboo. <laughs> I was going to say a, uh, a chainsaw against bamboo doesn't sound like it would go very well because it gets all splintery, like in... Like I'm assuming that it um, no. it that just frays no. like crazy. That's why they just use machetes. I'm assuming. No, well, this is so big. It, I would never get through it with a machete. Like it's wicked and it's super hard, right? Like this is very old bamboo. Okay. So a chainsaw is the only thing they'll get through. It doesn't really get splintery, but the problem is the weight of it. Like it's for the. I mean, the first thing was when I cut in the very first cut. I suddenly literally got showered with this huge blast of water. It was like somebody turned a fire hose what? on me because the bloody, the bloody shit is full of water. I, couldn't, <laughs> I didn't even know there's, it's like full of water. So I cut into this bamboo and I get this huge fire hose all over me and the chainsaw just completely soaked. So I had to stop for a minute and make sure my chainsaw was fine. That's wild. Yeah. But then who would have I mean, thought? Yeah. You get halfway through and the weight of it, because it it's so tall, it gets top heavy and it starts bending. And the weight of it, it literally just snapped. But it doesn't snap like a tree. It snaps kind of straight. Weird. Right? Like it, it, it snaps, what's the word, vertically, right? And mm-hmm. it so really, is it really like a barber chair? Huh? Is it like a, it's like a barber chair when you... When, when, when you like, like, in, that's what they call it, barber chair, right? Where it, it, it splits vertically up this tree and it's, it basically creates this almost like a, I'll say like a catapult type effect where it's just, yeah. 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 Or, or trebuchet, right? Like, yeah. This, yeah, it was brutal. I, cause it's under so much tension, right? So yeah, it nearly took my head off. So, so <laughs> is there, is there a way, is there a, a real, like a, an expert way to do this? Because it, like it just uh, sounds like you, you know there's no there would be no hinge wood right it would just be the sides yeah because it's hollow right it's got to yeah. be really a big challenge I can't even imagine yeah I have yet to I as soon as I was done like it it's super dangerous scary as shit uh, like once I got the ch- chainsaw stuck it took us about an hour and a half to problem solve how to get the chainsaw out safely 
and how to finish getting this piece down so it didn't come down and like cream my dog one day. So um, I've been searching YouTube for videos. Everybody who chops down bamboo on YouTube uses a machete, but none of them are chopping down bamboo this big. So I'm going to have to figure something else out. <laughs> I mean, it's got to come down. It's all too big anyway. And I really want the building material, but uh, it is going to be a challenge because because it's hollow. It isn't like a tree at all. Like I could take down a tree without even breaking a sweat, but yeah, this is a new challenge. So stuff like that. <laughs> Can you hire locals? I could, I suppose, but I don't. I don't know if any of them would know what to do with it without killing themselves, and I'd hate to have to bury a body. <laughs> Right? Like, um, we don't want to call the cops or anything. We don't want that. <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm just joking, but that's why you need pigs. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <coughs> Never trust a man who keeps pigs. Yeah, that's what they say. Uh. Uh -huh. So, yeah, I don't. Uh, I could ask around locals, but most of them, uh, uh, Ticos are they're very helpful, but they're very, um, what's the word? They're kind of uh, analog, right? right. <laughs> Whatever way they're going to do it, the, the safety is not a really big thing down here. And I'm not a huge safety Nazi, Nazi either myself, but right. oh, I, I tend to be a little more safe than your average Tico. That's for sure. Like these people will do stuff that I would never try. And I'm pretty brave. So I don't know. Right. We'll We'll see. I'll, it'll be on my YouTube channel one day. That's for sure. <laughs> Once I finally tackle this problem. I, I went to, I, I was in Costa Rica years ago and I, I thought I was going to die pretty much every time I got in the vehicle there. I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> oh, so crazy. But anyway, I want to, I want to circle back to something long story said about, um, about, you know, it being unrealistic and, you know, following along, actually learning something about their journey and then end up grifting. How do you, so as, as someone who, you know, in order to do what I want to do, I'm, uh, I'm kind of going to be a content creator. So how can I avoid the grift as someone who doesn't want to be grifted? How, like, uh, you know, Tell you me know, how I want to be uh, not 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 a grifter. All right, so I, I, I'm probably just like you know a weirdo about this. So it's probably just me, but well, you are weird, I, but I think uh, no, I, but like there's there's uh, guys like Ave. I don't know if you guys follow Ave at all. Who does? He's got like a million subscribers. Does a lot of videos. Very interesting stuff. He obviously, has some sort of like industrial maintenance background. Some engineering, maybe I don't know, but. You know, it, it's it's like like his approach to it. I find really authentic and really real. But then you got guys like, and I, I don't want to name names or anything, but I'll just throw one out, one big channel out there that I kind of feel this way about, and that's Wrangler Star. I, I just find like it, it, I haven't watched him in a few years because I, I got tired of it, sure. but it just it just felt like everything was like sponsored content at a certain, certain point. And, and the problem I have with it isn't so much that people are monetizing their account. I think that's awesome. And I, and I wish everyone the best and I probably should be doing it. You know, I like, literally probably should. But what worries me is if you can only afford to have a farm because you're doing YouTube, then you aren't going to be able to tell anybody how to make money on a farm. 
That's true. And that's the issue I have. So like if I go and put up a, you know, a 200 foot greenhouse because I got a sponsored by Remall or whatever, uh, because of my YouTube channel, that's not comparable to what a starting out, you know, market gardener can do. So you, it loses relevance in my opinion. But again, I'm probably the weirdo. I'm, I'm pretty sure I am. No, that makes a really good point though. Like I can speak about, like, like I said, our music reactions channel is a good example. That's a space where anybody's familiar with it. <laughs> There's a lot of channels out there where it's pretty obvious that people are putting on a bit of a clown show because it gets clicks, right? Mm -hmm. So authenticity though, we find, I mean, our channel's not huge, right? In comparison to a lot of the really big reactor channels, but it's pretty big. And one of the things we find, we get comments from our viewers on a regular basis is how much they appreciate authenticity, right? Like right. the, you're not faking it. It's it's clearly you're just being you, right? And uh, sponsorships, I think, play a really strong role in that uh, impression of authenticity. Uh, there's guys out there that can pull the sponsorships, and it, it, it still seems real, right? Like, uh, I follow the Blacktail Studio. He does woodworking stuff. I love his I like channel. his stuff. Right. And, and he has a ton of sponsorships, but it never feels like he's grifting for the sponsors. Right. right. But there's a ton of people out there that they just court the sponsorships. And when we, my husband and I talked about our channel, we've had offers before about sponsorships and like, he's very anti over. I don't want to be that person that just sells, sells us all the time. Right doesn't want mm -hmm. to sell out so like we've just said no that sponsorships aren't going to be for us because then it becomes very difficult to navigate whether or not your impression of authenticity still stands right even if you are being authentic if you've got sponsorships going on it gets harder and harder for people to believe that you are and that matters i was going to say to to piggyback of what ginger was saying that mm -hmm. there's um and she's on Instagram. Her name's uh, Angel Rose Turner. And she has a pretty big following on Instagram. And she shares like her farm life. You know, they have property and she has milk cows and chickens and a beautiful garden. And she she realized that that she was getting so many sponsors and she felt that it was just too much work to have to constantly like promote something, whether it was a product or something because of, it was a paid partnership. And so she had to like, totally changed her she went back to her original message was just sharing her life you know how you know showing people how to make bread you know baking canning you know doing all that because it was becoming just too much for her it was too much of a chore to focus on the sponsorships and and all the sorts uh through instagram instead of sticking with her original message was helping other people with homesteading Hey, I had a question. Are you talking about monetization or also sh sharing products to sell specifically? What are you asking just about monetization? Are, are, are you talking to me or are you talking to someone that does it? I'm just I'm just I, uh, bitter about it. That's all. <laughs> I'm, I'm, asking, <laughs> I'm asking Farm Hop Life what his original. Are you talking about monetization or selling stuff online? 
Um, I asked uh, the bitter old man in the chat uh, how not to be a grifter. And then that evolved into, you know, how people monetize their channel and, you know, ways that they're able to fund other aspects of, of their life. So in, in his case, and I agree, by the way, you know, if you're following along with their YouTube channel and they're only able to buy a greenhouse because they monetize the YouTube channel, that's no longer relatable. That makes a lot of sense. Like instead of like, hey, you know, we were raising pigs and we did really well this year and we took all that money and bought a greenhouse or whatever. Like that's more relatable. Because I know a lot of us kind of dream together about how we want to be able to just buy from each other and trade and barter and get away from like the corporate system as much as possible so we can build our own little, you know, our small little dreams and businesses together and, and support each other. And I, I think there's actually people that would even call that grifting um, because you're selling anything. I I mean, you can even not sell anything on here and, or monetize and people call you a grifter. So I, I, I think at some point you just have to not care. That's just what yeah. <laughs> I, I, everybody's going to hate on anyone that's doing good at all either way and i want to be careful that you know because i was joking about being bitter but i want to be careful to say uh, it's not that i begrudge success it's just you know it, it, like i want to be a successful farmer like i want to be able to make money as a farmer and if i'm only looking at examples that are making money because of the media side of things that's not where i need to be that's not that's not going to get me where I want to go. Like I want to make, I want to make money selling pork, poultry, beef, produce, whatever. I need to see how to do that. Um, and you know, I, that, that doesn't, you know, it doesn't work for me. Like, you know, I like, I, I like watching Justin Rhodes stuff. I really enjoy it, but he's, he's doing media. That's what he does. He's not a farmer. I was going to bring that up, but you know, Justin Rhodes, Joel Salatin for sure. Like, you know, everybody loves both of those guys for good reason, but you know, farming's only a piece of what they do now. Yeah. Joel Salton, when I met him the first time and I've been to his farm three times, I mean, he was all about farming, but he's very, I'll say, uh, use a, maybe a provocative word, but he's very promiscuous in the media right now in, in the homesteading media world. You know, like he was on a, he was on a small YouTube channel in South Carolina, people that I know, um, did an interview with them and it's like, and they've got, you know, a few, few hundred, maybe a thousand followers, maybe, I don't know. I mean, a very small channel. Like there's, there's, he's not measuring, you know, where, where he puts his time on that, which is his prerogative. I don't care, but he made, you know, he made money farming. He figured out how to do, he figured out a system. Obviously he's, people can debate whether he's exploiting the interns or whatever, but he figured out a system. He was making money, uh, as a farmer and he's, you know, he wrote books. He made money from books. That I mean, is that a grift? Like you, like I don't remember who it was that was asking that, but is that a grift because he wrote books? You know, I mean, I don't know. Is it, how different is that from a YouTube channel? I don't know. But he was making money as a farmer, which was, you know, that's why what attracted me to his message because I knew he'd figure out how to do it. So anyway, I don't know. I'm, like I said, I'm probably just weird about this. There's gonna be oh, maybe people criticize you, Sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say, there's going to be people who are going to criticize you regardless. You know, they're going to call For you sure. a or whatever, and you just keep doing what you're doing. 
because mm. you have you have certain goals that you want to that you want to have for for your farm <clears throat> and who cares if they they call you a grifter or whatever it just either probably stems from jealousy that because they don't have those type of uh you know they don't have that drive to do the thing that you're doing so it, it could be a neat like it could be helped by a bit of a mindset shift too uh, just because somebody made money doing farming and then has shifted into more of a media thing doesn't mean they don't still have good ideas right like uh, you can steal good ideas from anybody right even if they're i routinely will watch things people doing things with stuff that i could never afford to do myself that still always spark ideas for how i could kind of modify do or, it cheaper right like just so it doesn't it's it's kind of for me it's always a mindset idea if they're putting stuff out there that's clearly just meant for entertainment purposes and not really informative at all then it's a waste of my time but if it's informative like I'll watch a documentary on like this huge one of those biogas places in Alberta they're making like biogas I could never afford to build a system as large and efficient as that but it sparks an idea for something small that I could do that would be worthwhile for my farm right and then I start looking for those things so it, I mean you can shift your mindset a little bit to, to think about well if he did make money in farming before even though he shifted to media does he still have good ideas to share Right? Does he still spark ideas sure. for how you can apply some of those things, methods sure. or, or principles, right, into your lifestyle? That's well, where it still yeah. makes it worth it. Well, I, I mean, I, I was, I, I thought it was interesting, uh, you know, to bring up Joel Salatin and Justin Rhodes as juxtaposition, just because mm -hmm. Joel Salatin is kind of, um, he's kind of like the evangelical preacher of sustainable agriculture. Like you kind of need. Mm -hmm. Like he's almost like a motivational speaker in some respects. I think I have a farmer friend who he says, "Man, when I need a little motivation, I just turn on some Joe Salton." Like um, you know, because it, it's like he's like very positive. You know, you can do this. This is how it works. You know, whatever. Um, and it's awesome. And and Joel, like Justin Rhodes, has great, like you're saying, great ideas. A lot of practices that are really cool. Um, and, you know, he has some, he's had some tough experiences looking what happened when they had the parasites with the sheep or the, the rats got into the brooder and killed all the chicks. Those are real experiences. You know, I had a bull struck by lightning. I had, I've had a piglet die. I had another pig die this past week and a lot, and, and seeing those kinds of things happen, that's real. And it's certainly something we can all learn from, I think as beginning homesteaders, um, or farmers, whatever. Um, because a lot of people, I think the, the, one of the big problems with Instagram I call them Instagram homesteads, kind of a, a derogatory, you know, joke about it. But one of yeah. the problems is there's this idea that's very formulaic. And if you do everything right, then everything will go well. And that is completely false because Mother Nature is going to kick you in the freaking teeth and take your breath away and, like, make you feel like you can't do this. And that's just what's going to happen. That's oh, you weren't planning on having a bull struck by lightning? You weren't planning <laughs> on having that happen? It's 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 probably you know it's probably my fault. He was, but he was trying to barbecue it later. He didn't <laughs> probably got about. It. He was like, God, listen, the barbecue was Saturday. I'm sorry, I, my mother, Mister, wrote it down wrong. 
<laughs> well, this is part of the reason why I sometimes I'll post video of my failures. Right? Like yes. that's that's not overly informative for how I that that doesn't teach anybody the process how to do it, but sure self shows them how not to. Right? Like well, my my video of nearly destroying my chainsaw with my bamboo will be entertaining for no other reason than it shows people that it's <laughs> Sometimes you just screw up and you can still just move on and try again, right? Like those yeah. videos, are, they're important too. So like it, that's the thing though. The, the ones that I find valuable are the ones that don't just always post content that shows the, the perfect result, right? Because sometimes you learn more from the failures than you learn from those successes, right? Especially why, in something like this. Yeah, that's what I try to get all my guests to share what went well and what didn't what's you know what's the most challenging part about farming and homesteading and what's the best part because we need that yin and yang because you know the instagram homesteads are are the fake ones that that's not that's not real kind of like what long story uh was saying you know we i try to paint a realistic picture you know mm -hmm. um, you know uh farm hop one of the uh, matt one of the things like I really wanted to do free range poultry and I tried and I tried and I tried and I was stubborn. I have a good off farm job. Those mistakes aren't going to make me go hungry, but I lost 40 something chickens in one winter trying to, trying to figure out how to free range. And I, right. I'm not kidding. I mean, we, we were getting just, I mean, we could not solve it. We kept trying new things. We tried reflective tape. We, we tried, you know, we changed the ground pole post for the, uh, premier one netting we changed the way we did the coop we changed uh we we changed where we put the water we all these we kept tweaking every every time we tweak it we'd have like a week with no predation and we're like oh we solved it and then the next week we lose three and then we're like tweak it again and oh we solved it and then a week or two later we'd lose three more and it, that was the cycle for like and i finally said you know what this property my situation it has to be tractors we're going to do tractors. We're going to move them every day, but we can't do free range. It just can't. Not where we are. We've got every predator you can imagine. If you if you go and you look at like Joel Salatin and the Eggmobiles and you think you're going to replicate that on your little homestead wherever you are in the world without regard to what your predator situation is, your climate situation is, etc., you are in for heartache. You know what I'm saying? And so like I, I think that's that's kind of the, you know, when you only show the rosy stuff, you're setting a lot of people up for more hardship than they need, you know? And I love the fact that you like show the, the losses, show the L's, like, you know, getting your chainsaw stuck. I mean, you know, some of these people have never used a chainsaw before and they're going to go start a homestead and buy it. They're going to go buy a cheap home, uh, you know, homeowner chainsaw that isn't going to be big enough or strong enough what they're going to try to do with it. You know, that's another thing people need to know, like what, what to even buy. Right. But anyway, I'm sorry. I'm just a soapbox now, but yeah, a lot of cool stuff out there. Longster, I need to show up at your place yeah, uh, and get, get some content so uh, other people can learn, learn from you. Hey, is anybody else in Florida? Cause like, okay, so I want to put together this greenhouse and so, Oh, and you people looking for materials. Well, not the one that lives not in America, but other people that live in America. Listen, 
this is what I do. I go look for uh, all the, the subdivisions that are being built. I just go hit those dumpsters, man, and I'll take building materials all day. If you see any any kind of building being done, just stop by and ask the dude, hey, man, can I can I check out you know the stuff in there? No, it's time. They don't give a damn. And you'll get all kind of extra materials, extra wood. I mean, if I see wood that's straight and looks good sticking out of a, a construction dumpster, I'm going to hit the brakes and I'm going to get it. I've got decks like Matter of fact, I had a dude give me seven windows out of his house. Uh, like he was going to get them redone anyways. I told him uh, I was looking for windows to do a greenhouse. Soon as he got the windows redone, he was like, "Hey man, I got all these windows. Just come get them." So really, just put the word out too, you know, about you like to upcycle. So any good material, let you know. And I built all kind of shit. My whole coop is made out of shit I didn't pay for. There you go, dude. I used to do that all the time. I went in Canada. I used to do that all the time. And another tip, he Habitat for Humanity or Habitat for Humanity has restores everywhere, all over North America. And those can be real gold mines for stuff like that, too. Especially if you hit a one in an, in an area where they're doing new construction, all the contractors dump their leftover stuff there. And most of it's brand new and it's dirt cheap. Find a Habitat for Humanity restore. And you will get all kinds of building materials for like pennies on a dollar. I used to, we had a fire in our house in Canada before we moved. And I had to rebuild the whole inside. And almost everything that I used came from the Habitat for Humanity Restore for next to nothing. So oh, yeah, look one awesome. up. It's, wor it's worth the trip if you can find one in a good area. Some of them are trash, right? Like. Some of them, you get it in a crappy area. It's like going to the Goodwill mm -hmm. in, in the poor side of town, right? You're going to get nothing but trash. But you find a, a reasonably affluent area. Like what? where I was in Canada, there was a really rich area nearby. And they had a whole pile of new construction. And I'd go there. And I got a, a whole kitchen, solid wood kitchen. It was uh, really fancy, like French chateau style. It was I looked it up. It was like a forty five thousand dollar kitchen. I got it for twenty two hundred bucks because some some lady with way more money than me moved into a house and decided she didn't like the color of the cabinets, and then she had them all ripped out, donated to the restore, and and replaced them all. And then I get myself a new kitchen for twenty two hundred bucks, <laughs> including yes. an island. Right? Like it's ridiculous how how good the deals can be and they've got like almost everything in those stores so check some out if you have one near you i definitely recommend going because you can snag some really good deals i've uh, uh being in construction it makes it a hell of a lot easier to be able to snag stuff before it even hits the dumpster there's a job that we keep going back to just because the owner, like they're cool and everything, but they just got tons of money and like, Oh yeah. And this and that, and this and that. So they're tearing up all their deck and the owner has like this flatbed trailer. And he's like, Oh, if you want to use my trailer, you know, go for it. So the, the carpenters are removing the deck putting all the boards on the trailer for me. All I have to do is show up, grab the trailer, and I'm probably like strapped down the load. I don't know. I, I haven't seen it yet. Um, and then bring it to my place, unload it all, and then bring back the trailer. Like it's pretty like this this haul is gonna be pretty freaking sweet. 
That is a sweet score. They don't do stuff like that here in Costa Rica. You can't get anything used. Nobody gives anything away. <laughs> I could unbelieve that. <laughs> but they're pretty good at salvage, right? Like in yeah, just I, I don't, I don't give up anything unless it's been to fall apart. Practically, man, I got that. Well, unless my wife looks at me kind of crazy when like the backyard gets too wild, she'll look at me <laughs> a little crazy, and then I'll be like, "All right, I'll get rid of some of this shit." Um, man, I'm trying to think of, I thought I had another, another thing to bring up, but I don't, what, what other things do you guys want to, want to talk about? We should probably think about wrapping up here. It's getting late for most people. Oh, I was tossing up the pictures of my coop. I was trying to show them to y'all, but I had to, of course, you know, you got to retweet shit out before you put it in the nest. But anyways, that's my coop and stuff. Most of that I got for free. I did pay a little bit for the roof, but I paid this meth head $50 for it because he was going to take it to the scrapyard. So I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, let me buy that from you before you throw it away and waste it because I'll use it. And so it's like he was just going to go throw it away to the scrapyard. I was like, no, no, listen, guy, I will actually build with that. Let me get that from you for a good price. So all of that metal was like only 50 bucks, and then all the wood was free. Nice. Nice. Um, how do I how do I see it? Did you did you post it oh, somewhere? I, I put it up in the nest. It's up. It should be up in the nest. I don't know. Did, did it not I show? I click up on there? the tweet there. I was able to get through to it. Okay, I'm in your I'm in your profile. Nice. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah, I built that all with just like that's pallet. So like uh, sometimes you'll get the warehouse. And they'll give they'll they'll like get rid of crates. They want they want they was more than a pallet. You know, it's like pulled apart crates. That's the best. Those are like practically walls, man. And they're made mm-hmm. to ship literally in water, so they're treated wood, and they're like already well well put together. So like I got tons of that wood, man. Just get on like really all kinds of places, Craigslist or Marketplace, and go to free. Type in pallets or wood, and man, if you check that once a week. You'd be surprised what businesses just want to get get rid of this shit because they don't want to deal with paying somebody to haul it off. Some a hole around here is trying to sell like new pallets for like seven bucks a piece, and uh, guess how many he's moved every time I drive by. <laughs> Zero selling, selling pallets. You kidding? Oh man! Yeah, no, that's crazy. Because I'll get I'll get all the pallets I want for free all day. It's like mm-hmm. no problem. Yeah, like it doesn't take much to like look around. Like, oh, I could probably hit up. Oh, I could probably hit that. I had used so I got so much rock here, Rocky Mountains, um, that I'm making crates out of pallets and then like picking up rock and throwing it in these new like crates to use later. Now, I got blessed with almost all my material. Uh, you know, I had stuff laying around, too, that I, like, threw together. But, like, really and truly, man, it just if you just kind of look around and, like, if you – people just don't want shit. They want you to haul it off. And a lot of it's well usable. wonder if uh, – well, I, I see I see Padres in here. Uh, got anything you want to talk about, Padre, in the last, last little little bit before we wrap up? He's he's my graphic designer. Yeah, I don't. Honestly, I didn't pay attention to what was going on. I had kids running around and my wife come out here. 
So I don't I don't know half of what was talked about. We were just talking about salvaging materials for the homestead. I am I am a salvage material uh, hoarder. If I can get a hold of it, I, I've picked stuff up off the side of the road. Um, I like yes. Oh, I like wrapping buildings and uh, uh, privacy fence boards. You know, it's treated. It's out in the weather. Lasts forever. It's cheaper than plywood. But around here, you know, I live in hurricane country. So every time a hurricane comes through and people's privacy fence gets blown over, they don't pick those pieces up and fix their fence. They always put brand new fences up. So you'll ride around mm. and there'll be 10 foot tall piles of whole eight foot fence sections. And uh, you live in I, Florida. Yeah, I'll just hook a trailer up to the truck and ride around and just grab piles of wood. And it's good wood. Dude, me too. Me too. I fucking love you, dude. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh Padre is actually in Mississippi. Yeah, I'm on the Gulf Coast of Mississippi. Oh, it's because you're on the coast. Yeah. No, I'm in Florida, dude. They do that same shit here. These rich people, if a hurricane knocks something down or a tornado knocks something down, they're like, screw it. And they'll just set it all out there. Be one little quarter of a piece broke. They'll set the whole thing out there. I'm like, all right, rich people. I appreciate y'all. God bless you. <laughs> I got a spot back in the woods that you, if you're walking around my property, you can't see it. But if you go down a little trail, I got wood, I got metal, I got all kinds of things back there hidden. And uh, anytime I got a project that comes up, that's the first place I visit is my little pile back in the woods to see what I can pull out of there. Uh, I just added, do you miss the outdoors as a speaker? They requested to speak. So, uh, Chicken Whisperer, I can't, I can't hear you if you're saying something. No, nah, dude. What's up, guys? What's no, up, I'm okay. And, uh, yeah, what's going on, man? I, this is a cool space. I, uh, I've i been listening for a bit, and uh, the girl started crying, nice, and so I had to put her to bed, so I'm just back. So, what up? What up? <laughs> Thanks for being here, man. No, it's good, man. I love it. Uh, so, um Here's something we talked about. I've been reading, uh, you know, reading the girl to bed, and we've been reading the uh, where the red fern grows. And I don't mean to take nice. this on a like a sad fucking journey, man, but that's a sad book, man. Yeah. Little Ann, man. Uh, anyway, I anyway, I love the outdoors. You should go outdoors. Love the outdoors, and I love this free stuff, man. The pallet stuff. Um, what do you guys think about uh, heat treated wood and uh, growing growing food in heat treated wood? Heat treated, I don't have a problem with. Yeah, I've been, man, I've been pretty lucky. I, I've, uh, you know, I just stay away from the, the like hardcore chemical treated stuff. If you can see it, you know, most times with age, that stuff's wore out a lot, unless you're talking about creosil and, 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 you know, railroad ties. Don't screw with that. But like, uh, <laughs> Short of that, though, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's not too bad. I got some of my garden beds made out of, like, old fence wood and everything, and it, it ain't never hurt me. Yeah, I'm fine with pressure treated. Um, they don't use formaldehyde or any of those chemicals anymore. Um, we're friends with a, uh, a meal up the road here, and he pressure treats, and it's all copper. It's copper treated. So, yeah, oh. I, I don't have any problem with the new stuff. Uh, I wouldn't use anything from five, ten years ago. But I think the federal government actually shut down them using formaldehyde and those chemicals. No shit. All right. Well, that's good to know. That's good to know. Yeah. Nice. Because, uh, yeah, I got like this one foot up 
a deep uh, like uh, palate. It's it's nice for carrots, man. And uh, I'm just going for it. Just going for it. Nice. I don't, yeah, that's uh, what I do. About the railroad ties, uh, I, I'm actually going to – but I'm about to pick up some railroad ties for, like, you know, retaining walls around my property. But I'm not going to, like – I'm not using them for, like, raised beds or whatever. It's more of, like, a, yeah, like just a hardscape kind of thing. Yeah. Right. Well, they're great for all – I've got some, too. I use them on the other side of my driveway. I hated the fact when I found out you couldn't use them for your vegetables because I got access to them things. You know what I'm saying? I was like, shit, that'd be real useful. Yeah, but yeah. You could probably cool. line your bed so it doesn't make contact if it really bothered you. I'll give you, I'll give you one tip if there's anything around you. Um, 30 minutes up the road is another meal, and all they do is telephone poles. But uh, if they get trees in... And once they shave them down and shape them, if there's a warp in them or anything like that, it's junk. They, they can't send it out to the power companies. So uh, we'll go up there, and we'll just get whole whole trees, basically, and uh, no cut them shit. up on the trailer. And, and you're getting them at, at almost nothing because they just want them off the yard. All they're going to do is sit on their yard and rot. Dude, that is yeah. an awesome tip. Nice. 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 Yeah, I might have to try that one. Yeah, any any place like that around you, any kind of lumber mill, um, paper mills, things like that, they usually got scrap material that they got to haul off or they got to pay somebody to come get that they'll just give it to you. You know, never never hesitate to stop at a at a manufacturer like that and just see if they got junk that, that they want to get rid of. It's junk to them, but it's not junk on the homestead. Right, right. right. Cold calls, cold calls work, man. Cold calls, that's good. Yeah, that makes me even want to try this granite guy I got up the road. He's got a, a – he does that, manufactures granite counters and stuff. And I see his dumpster all the time. He's got some nice stuff. But it's outside of my normal purview of what I stop at, you know. Maybe I ought to go ask him, boy. I'd like a couple of good pieces of chunks of granite. For real, man. Uh, uh, li- listen, uh, a 12-pack of Coors Light or whatever whatever you guys drink down there, that that, <laughs> that goes a long way, you know what I'm saying? No, that's true. I should think on that level. Um, I smoke weed, so it never just occurs to me. I suppose if I was stop, be like, hey, we want to burn one? Let's talk about this nice stuff. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> do it. But that's good, too. That's good, too. That's good, too. Yeah, I got you a, guys are a lot of fun. I got a friend in the church. Um, he he sells buildings and moves them around, and they use concrete blocks. So whenever uh, they get busted, he can't use them again for the buildings. He just hauls them out here to my farm. I have I have filled my driveway's dirt. I have filled potholes with them things. I, I have put busted concrete block for all kinds of things. So yeah, just make connections and talk to people. There, most people are more than happy to get rid of the stuff they don't want. Yeah, I, well, I like that kind of stuff too. I, I find that uh, you just like you say the building material stuff, man. If they're not going to use it, they're glad to see somebody else will. Really. Well, yeah. Um, sorry, sorry to interrupt uh, everybody, but I'm gonna have to. Uh, I'm gonna have to leave. So. All right, man, guys. It's been a lot of fun. We'll see y'all later. Yes, thank you everybody for joining, and it's been uh, it's been good chat. Cheers, guys. Cheers. All right. Peace out. See ya. Thanks for watching, everyone. Leave a comment, like, subscribe, and most importantly, share this video. Check us out on fountain.fm. It's an app.
that uh, you can earn Bitcoin and sats while you listen to your favorite podcasts. We're on there. You can boost us sats and create clips and and yeah, it's a great great po- podcasting app. Um, I'm, it's slowly slowly transitioning to being able to use that uh, more and more. You can check us out on our website farmhoplife.com. Sign up for our email list or Telegram channel to be notified when new videos, interviews, and podcasts are available. We are on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, MeWe, and Float. Send me a message, farmhoplife.com slash contact, or email me directly, matt at farmhoplife.com. You can check out our uh, 20 by 23 project, uh, where we're going to help out 20 homesteaders and farms in 2023. You can learn more about that at farmhoplife.com slash 20x23. I'm always looking for new people to interview. If you want to come on to talk about homesteading, farming, food security, homeschooling, regenerative agriculture, alternative building methods, or anything else, pitch me an idea, farmhoplife.com slash guest. Go feed yourself.